back uh, to the On the Wrong tra- uh, Track podcast. This is episode five uh, with special guest Olivia here today. Hi. Um, uh, well, Olivia, uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself, uh, here's your opportunity, I guess. Um, I'm Olivia Moore, and I am a high school student um, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I am a serial entrepreneur. I've owned um, several companies over the years, but my most current and relevant one is um, Live More Brand, um, and that's a clothing line. And I started the protests and came up with uh, Winston-Salem for Peace um, only two days ago. So, yes. Yeah, and the whole page blew up overnight and has over like what 1100 followers now i think so yeah and we're uh, actually me and her both are working together uh organizing and getting uh donations for these upcoming protests in the wake of uh george floyd's death around town um yeah uh it's been a journey um i woke up this morning with 15 dms from a bunch of people uh it's, yeah. Positive, I hope. Yeah. I got a lot of them that were pretty negative. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, did you get some too, Olivia? Um, I got, I think, a thousand. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, and I, I'm not joking. Like, I actually think I got a thousand because of the, um, newspaper post, the newspaper and the news, the news story. Um, the interview that they did on me. So I was in that, and then I'm on the front page of the newspaper today. So I think I got a lot of people, like my insights on my Instagram account, my personal, is I think I had like a few thousand people um, with activity on my account. So when I opened my, I even had it to where my teachers were like messaging me on Remind telling me that, I don't have to turn in my late work because they know that I'm busy with the <laughs> protest work. Wow. We have a celebrity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, so I cool. wish. <laughs> yeah, and your record. I actually didn't know that you've had several companies. Oh, my oh God. yes. Like, what's up with that? Like, what made you want to start doing that? Mm, I've been doing it since I was very young. And um, I was actually one of the people, and nobody really knows about this, but when fidget spinners were getting popular in sixth or seventh grade, I created multiple stores that were quote unquote competing with each other. um, And they all went viral. I was just paying for Instagram ads, like fidget spinners. Like I was, and I was just drop shipping them. Like I didn't even have them in stock. And um, that's when I realized I kind of have like a passion for setting up websites, marketing things. And um, I started a swimwear company called Lucid Swimwear that's not active anymore because I'm focusing on my clothing brand. But I've just always done it, so. Wow. That, that's so amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, wow. I was not expecting that. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, because, like, we only met, like, what? A little over 24, well, like, okay, like, less than two days ago. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, this whole thing has gone by so fast, and we haven't really got the chance to, like, introduce ourselves. Like, we've been so busy putting everything together for, like, tomorrow and talking to fellow organizers and uh, and things. <clears throat> What's tomorrow? Oh, yeah. 
Olivia, if you want to go into that, I, yeah. Okay, so there's another protest being organized. There are actually two, I just figured out, but I think I'll be attending the one in the evening. There's one at 12, and there's one at 5. The one at 5 is more widely, um, like, known about, and it is a protest. Um, just a, another one, like, how we did. I'm actually working right now to ensure that it is peaceful by marketing remarketing it and kind of rebranding it as peaceful because a lot of people have given me asked me questions like oh if you're promoting this is it peaceful but um that's what's going on tomorrow so yeah uh and well that's like actually the day this goes up and this should be live before that comes out so um yeah uh that should be down what where is that is that like the trade street trade street it's north trade street yeah, North Trade Street, uh, 5 o'clock. I'll be there, too. I don't know if I'll be going to the earlier one. I might go since you're not going to that one. I'll show up there uh, and see what's going on. Yeah, I haven't um, seen much information for it. I just saw it um, being reposted on stories. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing with this, is there's a lot of people who are organizing protests who have, like, no background, and it's really kind of sketchy. That's what I did, though. I was actually being questioned um, by uh, Fearless Ones in Salem, uh, and they put out several posts and commenting um, on my post saying, oh, this got put together so quickly. But they, like, basically issued a public apology to me saying that um, they were, they apologized for the skepticism and um, endorsed to me and said that our um, uh, account was legit. So it is definitely valid to be skeptical in these, these times in this climate. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah, Um, because yeah, I, my friend, uh, who goes to app state has talked about a lot of really sketchy protests going on up there. Like, uh, and I've heard about protests around the country and like specifically like parts of rioting that are actually organized by right wingers. Like, and just getting their friends and breaking down buildings and things who are not actually a part of the movement, just so the media can cover and say, look at what the protesters did. Like, I, I think it is the most ridiculous thing. Exactly. I don't think that any of the violence was truly sparked by people that believe in the cause, like the protesters. It's mostly sparked by the police. The police have been going after people, and there's tons of video evidence to prove that. Um, but right-wing media wants to push, like, the whole protest bad this is not what mlk wanted don't do this in floyd's name but they're wrong so yeah i mean not even to mention like our crowd got ran into by a truck like this dude this like i don't know i didn't get a good look on the guy but he drove right through our crowd he probably like hurt some people i mean and it it was awful to see that in real time it's just scary. Mm-hmm. Very true. I'm glad it didn't escalate. Oh, yeah. I was trying my best to, like, keep people, like, because I was right there. And, like, I was trying my best, like, to, I was hoping that it wouldn't spark anything. I mean, it would be completely understandable. And, but if, I was honestly worried that if, if somebody threw, like, a rock or something at this guy's truck or started throwing, uh, responding to this guy with physically, like, that our protest would be branded in the police who are tailing us the entire time. What was it, like, eight, twelve police cars? Yes. Us? They like, were. They 
would get out of their cars and start doing everything that they're doing in New York City, Minneapolis, all over the country. And it was very scary. Yes, I'm actually going to um, send an email to um, the Winston-Salem Police Department or reach out to them and actually thank them for their um, response to that because it definitely could have been um, a lot worse. It definitely could, or it wasn't bad, but it definitely could have gone bad easily and they were blocking out the roads for us. So I think that's like the respectful thing to do at this point. Yeah, based on everything I've seen, at least in the media, like the Winston-Salem Police Department has been like the most okay about the protests, at least from everything I've seen. Is like they haven't gotten out, they haven't threatened protesters, they've been fairly respectful. Like they've been like creepily following us and things and blocking the roads. Like where we stopped yesterday, like the two roads, they had those blocked up so we couldn't go any further. Which is why I say, uh, but as far as violence and things like that, they, they didn't do any of that to us. Definitely. Which is very strange. Yeah. Um, wow. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you guys think you're going to do moving forward? Like, um, especially with this whole uh, Trump coming out and saying they're going to dominate the streets. Um, Winston-Salem, I don't think we'll face any of that. As long as people don't feel incited, and that's what the whole point of pushing like the peace the like the peaceful protest thing is is for perfect yeah and i think going forward it what's going to be hard in the future for all of these protests is keeping the momentum going um i think several people who spoke at our protest commented on it saying that we always stop like after the march for our lives after the shooting of michael brown and after the shoes like people the public themselves stop paying attention and that's going to be the challenge that like we as like like or like Winston for Peace uh, various other organizations are going to like have to face but I don't know maybe this time is different which is and I don't know with regards to the military police like I'm very scared yes um to give you a little bit of um background I did read up on it um donald trump basically said that he would enforce martial law which if you look up the definition of martial law in fact i believe that i have it right here it basically means that all other laws do not matter and we have to obey the police um he so he declared martial law and that involves the suspension of ordinary law so um it's 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 basically um, a lot of people, um, left-wing people are particularly calling it like, um, I've heard the purge or like dictatorship, which Donald Trump has been getting labels like that forever. But this is really something that had, that shows those characteristics of like the words that people are saying that we used to say were too strong because now we're getting that, that dictatorship vibe where we're getting like, you have to follow this. We're getting violence. We're getting violence incited by our our authorities, quote unquote. But I mean, it it's it's still it's it's wrong, obviously. But it's still like not super. Like like I don't think that'll happen in Winston Salem. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Well, with with Trump's announcement, like, what was that, like, two hours ago now? Um, yes. I, I, I was actually there listening to it. Uh, and he, he invoked the 1807 Insurrection Act, which basically allows him to send the military wherever he wants uh, to quell, to fight basically against civilians. Um, which, in a way, is kind of martial law, because that gives him so, like, de facto, like, so many um, legal privileges. Uh, and we're, not, we're already seeing curfews taking place, which is a cornerstone of martial law. I mean, it's, I don't know, what, what we're seeing, like, you guys saw the videos uh, in New York of the two cop cars running right into the crowds of people. Like, yeah. the, the comparisons to the purge are kind of uncanny. Like, uh, yeah. if I'm being honest. Definitely. It definitely. feels like it. It feels like it. I'm waiting for the siren, man. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, it's insane especially like seeing these videos of like some of the riots and like the fires or whatever man like it looks like it's a purge it does it really does and the unfortunate thing is that it a lot of it is just being perpetuated by the police it's by the police it's by protesters that are actually protesters people that are white like white supremacist right-wing people that are coming over trying to make us look bad and it's it, it's literally so unfortunate that we can't have something in a movement like that without getting hate for things that we aren't doing. Exactly. It kills me whenever I'm seeing these people looting for looting's sake and not for the movement. You know? Yeah. I, it kills me whenever they exploit the movement for that. And then the media just only focuses on that. And they don't cover the peaceful protests that are going on in, like, Winston, typically. But, like... Right. Hmm. It, it's just what's depressing about it to me is that the media seems to be working with the police like all I see like I, I don't I haven't through this whole thing I've kind of ignored MSNBC CNN Fox News um, uh, Fox News being my go to comedy channel um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but I've ignored them, but I turned it on yet today, like just in passing, to just kind of get off my phone and take a little break. And what I saw, well, and I don't know why I would do that, taking a break, watching the new, uh, anyway. But uh, what I saw was really depressing. They would show pictures of protesters hugging police, uh, police kneeling with the protesters. But if you look at the locations of those and look at the times that that, take place, that would take place, for example, there's like a famous one in New York uh, where cops were kneeling. But an hour after that, in I believe Brooklyn or downtown Manhattan, police rushed into a crowd of people and started beating people with clubs. Like, the they're doing these photo ops to make the police look good. And that's a hundred percent true. I, I I don't know how like you can live with yourself at night. Knowing that, like, I, I remember seeing, saw a video yesterday of a nine-year-old getting pepper sprayed at one of these things. And the like, rubber bullets? Terrible. The, the rubber bullets? I mean, even the term rubber bullets comes from the military-industrial complex. These things are, like, basically blunt-force trauma in, like, an inch-by-inch inch space. Like, they're not actually purely made of rubber. Those things, like, hit like a hammer. Uh, yeah. It, I sent you a... 
it's a it, bullet being it is a hundred percent like that's not gonna feel good man i whine whenever i get hit by a nerf bullet i mean <laughs> i can't imagine like something being fired out of something that's meant to hurt and scare like it's meant to scare people yeah and like what's the whole thing with free speech if the police are going to crack down on the people who actually speaking the power like i don't understand like if you're not willing to bear the consequences of having of of protecting a right as a government when it's most dangerous to you why even do it at all exactly and it it's it's just telling us it's showing us what we already thought that our rights are kind of a lie in a way in my view and like the whole functioning of democracy is kind of a sham in my view at least that's my big thing i'm learning from this right now very true i think everybody question the government you know yes that's a good thing they shouldn't question authority yeah i think donald trump has made it a lot worse and it's just terrible just seeing the the hate that he spread so recently and it's just not i just think the most like thing to me like the most kind of gravitating thing that i see when it comes to him and what he has done and his image and um, it's not even the, the allegations that are going on, all of that, because we've been knew that he has done all that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's the it's the fact that in a moment, uh, the comparison between June 1st and the Obama um, presidency and June 1st and his presidency. Um, on June 1st, Obama had the entire White House lit up with pride lights. He was making speeches about making the world a better place. He was making speeches about um like stonewall and 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 basically like the lgbtq lgbtq plus community but now in a huge contrast we're seeing donald trump in the bunker lights out lights out in general for the first time that has this has ever happened and like since a president has died um in the white house and that is absolutely shocking to me that when the country needs a president, a leader the most, he is hiding. So, hmm. I, I think something should also be said that we do need a leader. We need people to stand up for uh, like the young people and the people with the BLM movement. But the people we're supposed to be gravitating towards, like the Democratic Party, who seems to be upholding the... Uh, Fighting for civil rights, oh, like I'm using air quotes here, uh, fighting for social justice, fighting for real change, but I haven't heard anything out of them. The most I've heard is out of Governor Roy Cooper of our state. Like, that is the most publicized uh, message from any member of the, um, prominent member of the Democratic Party I've heard. Like, the Democratic Party, like their Twitter page, is like, I've seen nothing about George Floyd. Well, what did Really? I've I seen a lot. Uh, I can uh, read it to you. I have it on my story if you if you'd like. Oh, sweet. Sweet. Okay. Um, Roy Cooper said, "Let me be clear about one thing: people are more important than property. Black lives do matter." And he didn't put a caption. He just posted that um one day ago. Wow. Yeah. No, that's really good. Roy. Roy's my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, for a Democratic governor, that's, like, really big. Um, and, but, like, that's, it's just so weird. I, I saw a clip floating around, like, from a year ago from Nancy Pelosi saying that she doesn't stand with the BLM movement. Like, and I hear, I haven't heard anything. Like, I feel like the silence is more telling to me. And that's another big lesson I've learned is that silence is more telling to me than actually speaking. Like, everybody I've seen who's gone silent has told me a lot about their character. And institutions who have not said anything have told me about their character. Interesting. That's definitely true. Um, one thing that I think that is important to share um, that you hear a lot about change. You hear about a lot, a lot about no justice, no peace, like all of that. And that's, that's majorly important. Like I, I think like as we should be seeing more stuff like that, but I, the legislature that needs to be passed, which a lot of people and the things that need to be done that within our government, um, is often not expressed. I do like that the woman at the protest yesterday told us to vote. That's important. Um, that's another way to, um, get all this done that, that it starts with voting actually, because we need people in these places to get these legislatures done. But the NAACP has released like a lot of like things that we're trying to do that can make these situations better, like what we're protesting for essentially. And, um, they're, they're demanding a ban of the use of knee holds and choke holds on accept uh, as an acceptable practice for police officers. Um, using the force continuum for any police department in the country, they must ensure that there is at least six levels of steps with clear rules uh, on escalation. So it would essentially be able to like keep them from from doing what they're doing right now, which is going after protesters. And then each state's Open Records Act must ensure officer misconduct information and disciplinary histories are not shielded from the public. Recertification credentials may be denied for police officers that are determined that use deadly force um, was unwarranted. So basically, like, if they do something bad, they should be held accountable, um, not just because they have authority. They should be, like, you know, stifled or the information of the public. And then the last thing they want to basically have people if you're if you're a police you're not immune to murder charges criminal charges on unarmed people so that's what they're trying to do and that is extremely important yeah wow i think you're right uh but honestly in my view the first step comes with taking away the toys from the police taking away the military grade firepower the tear gas the like bear pepper spray like, that you see people, like, shooting from cars, like, into, like, tens and uh, dozens of protesters. Uh, taking away the, the clubs, the rubber bullets, um, the smoke bombs, all of these things that most other countries do not let their police even touch. I think that's where we got to go first in order to set an equal playing field. So we don't have the situation where... Uh, hundreds of people are being injured all around the country in a matter of a single day. Um, from, like, I've seen I've seen horrible pictures of people in the hospital from rubber bullets, and I think I, that's why I think the first step is to militarize the police and disconnect them from the military-industrial complex that supplies them with all of this equipment. Yeah, this equipment. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think another powerful statement that I saw was um, um, somebody was talking about how long it took to become a police officer. Anybody that has that can enforce laws, and in some cities, they, taking a program as short as eight weeks with college education or like some kind of further education. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Um, is is all you need, and it can take up to two years in most situations meaning why 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 is there and then they compared it to why is there this 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 disparity or like people basically lawyers and politicians how come and not all politicians are good obviously but how come the police aren't as well versed on laws and rights and why is it why is it so easy to become one because anybody like i i mean this is something else that I just saw that was really like um it really shocking to me but somebody said that police officers were basically allowed to be serial killers quote unquote because anything that they do to anyone is apparently enforcing the law which is absurd so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah I think it's ridiculous. The whole thing about taking eight weeks to become a police officer, taking eight years to become a lawyer. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, it's like that one scene from freaking Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. They're <laughs> like, um, towards the end where the dude's jaywalking and then Kumar's like, and like, cop pulls up and he like, totally goes off and like, imprisons um, Harold, right? Because he was jaywalking, right? Locks him up. And then like, Kumar is like, dude, why are you on such a power trip? I know you were a high school bully and like you didn't have anything better to do with your life. So you went to two years of school. So because you didn't know, because it's like easy, right? And then you can go bully people even more after. It's just like that scene from Harold and Kumar go to the White Castle. I swear. (laughs) That movie is like the Bible. It warned me. I was so scared when you said, oh, it's just like Harold and Kumar go to White House. It's just like that. Yeah, when you started saying it, yeah. I mean, because, like, having, like, the power that the police does, there is no accountability. So you can be the high school bully going into your adulthood. Yeah. Like, it's, I, I, it's a weird debate whether it's a power trip or uh, whether it's just, people acting on what they would normally do like i it's crazy it's crazy it's one of those things that like in theory it should work but like it's like capitalism man (laughs) you know it's supposed to work until people get greedy well yeah and (laughs) i i feel like that's something that kind of ties into this whole thing um like, I feel like the cops in general have, like, have realized that there are no repercussions for what you do, and you don't really, it doesn't really matter how much you protect the community, uh, as more as you having, uh, fun with your job. Like, uh, whatever that means to some crazy people who are police officers. And that, and at least into another thing that's like, what if you're a police officer, uh, and people get mad at people who say all cops are bastards. Um, the reason that we say that is 
because there are some bad apples and everybody acknowledges that there are some bad apples in the police department that do these brutal killings, these murders, these lynchings. But there are also, there's also every other police officer and I've barely seen any movement here where they stand by and they don't say anything about what happens to these innocent people who are killed. Like, that's why they say, like, compliance is injustice. Um, any ignorance of injustice is an injustice within itself. Um, I don't know, sorry, that, that jumped a little bit, but yeah. I feel like it's a point that has to be made. You're definitely yeah. right. Wow. Well, that, that's some stuff to take in right there. That's a lot. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, trying um, to think of another question here that I was going to ask um, well uh, I guess I guess uh, Olivia I have a question for you um, what made you want to get involved in this have you done anything before George Floyd or are you like what really threw you into the political arena here um, well, I first want to say, um, the, a, another, like, as shocking as planning it in several hours, like, the night before is, and all of that, I actually have never been to a protest. So that was my first protest, planned it really quickly, um, I've never been on the news, I've never, so it was a lot of firsts for me in the last few days, and I honestly haven't had any time to sit down and take it in, because I didn't sleep for two days planning it, um, but I think right now, um, looking back at it, I think it was, like, um, just being on social media, and that's all I've done, like, how you were saying, I've been scrolling on my phone, I'm looking at my screen time now, and I have 14 hours, I think, basically, I yeah I didn't sleep so I was literally up from like 1am to 7 like just on my phone and I've only been on my phone I've only been responding to people and posting and um sharing and I think it's just like before I was doing that I was doing that I was posting and sharing other people's protests posting and sharing other people's movements other people's posts other people's artwork about George Floyd um and that's kind of, it's kind of was like being there um, um, in just the position of like, I've felt a lot of the injustice that, injustices that people are talking about. And um, like, I've had personal experiences and I want to like make those end because that's not okay. Like I was thinking about my baby cousin and all the people that I know that are younger than us that are going to grow up and just still be in this atmosphere and that's not okay so I was like just within I like minutes um of coming up with the idea I had the graphic I literally created on a a, a pre a, like a free um app on my phone and I just put that together looked up um black power fist png copied and paste I barely read the thing to be honest and I just posted it um followed some Winston-Salem business and companies and then people were sharing it to their stories just like that and I got a thousand likes in about two hours and um I'm just shocked to be honest I'm still shocked but it's a lot of first for me I, I didn't think this would happen so mm -hmm. man, oh, that's, that's, yeah. yeah that's that's awesome man 
and, and it's so weird because I kind of like when I first got into here, it was kind of the same sort of thing. Like I was just sharing things and I was always talking about politics publicly. But then like the March for Our Lives movement happened and I don't I don't think I slept for like 36 hours the night before I planned uh, the protest at our school. And and we made an account, we made um, everything going after and like it just blew up overnight and it took me like a week or two to finally realize everything that had happened. Like it is kind of crazy that first go round, it seems like. Definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, but I gotta say, I gotta say that, like, yesterday's protest went as good as it probably could ever go. Yeah, I do think, in my, like, my honest opinion, tomorrow and Saturday, I think Saturday actually is gonna be better than tomorrow because the, the climate is slowly coming down, and that, that just is the truth, or it's gonna be on the down, hopefully, um, towards Saturday, but, the heat of things are really high right now, and on top of that, this protest doesn't say Winston-Salem peaceful protest, and that's a huge concern for me, and a lot of people have asked me about that because I am promoting it as the Winston-Salem for Peace um, group or an account, so like, it is a little bit scary, but the biggest thing that I can do now is, I, I'm going to make a post soon, and it's going to be like, um, just for everyone that's going to the protest tomorrow, I want you guys to know that... This is, we do have every intention for this to be 100% peaceful, and we need your help to do that. Um, And just tips on, hey, if you see anybody trying to incite something, which several times we had to tell people to get out of the way of the car, don't incite him, don't throw anything at him. There was a, um, a man that was one of the people that was inciting. I saw him multiple times throughout it. If he, if there would have been a lot of people like him, uh, Winston Salem would be on fire. But it's not because there are several people that came up to him like, just calm down, calm down. And we know people are angry. We know people are feeling um, incited. But we we can't let things get bad for our community because especially in the South, it's going to lose a lot of its credibility. And there were a lot of people out there yesterday that I could tell that were probably more on the conservative side that were reaching out to me and at the protest um agreeing with what we were saying because we were keeping it peaceful and that has there's so much power in that especially with um right-wing people right i i think you're right and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm glad that um we are like trying making the at least like there are lots of people around the state who are making the effort to make it peaceful for that specific reason to bring people on board who would not normally agree with us on things and like a lot of my lefty friends get mad at me for saying that but uh i mean that's what we need to actually achieve change here like um people have every right to be angry but it shouldn't destroy businesses that support the lives of african americans it's almost counterintuitive in that way mm-hmm. definitely uh, in my view yeah i think about it and and this is my opinion but i really think when it comes down to it, it's really small businesses, African-American, but people of color owning businesses that um, that are just most like 100 percent. I think definitely or anyone should think that that's at the top of the priority of protecting them and why we are doing this. If 
the whole thing was made up of targets and it, if that if which there's really once you get riots and chaos there's no way to really focus on big corporations um mm-hmm. but it's it's a loss hey we lost a target or a starbucks or something like that or the the other cities did and that's unfortunate but they can build another one they can do something else about that and big corporations already get a lot of money from the government and a lot of them aren't taxed so it's just a matter and even the um the president of or i don't know if it was the president or the ceo of target or starbucks no it was it was um it was uh target put out there hey we we don't care about anything that's going on he even said i believe that lives were more important than um than his his stores because they can build more they have enough money for that so i just think when it comes to like leveling and making a priority for our community and why we want to keep this peaceful is to respect businesses to respect people's because that's people's lives and people and there's not always money for people to to get to go to these causes so i just think it's super important that we make a priority to keep peace for our community Mm -hmm. yeah and it also avoids like any justification for police violence that's like one of the biggest things like to get more people out there. And I've seen most of the people in my DMs are people asking, hey, is this peaceful? Hey, is it safe for me to go? Mm -hmm. Like, and the way we get more people is by making sure, at least saying that we want it to be peaceful. Like, because I feel like if you're in one of these things and enough, like people who are there to riot and to loot and to destroy businesses are there, there's almost nothing you can do to stop that, like being objective about it. Like if there was a group of 20 people in our crowd that just started doing things, like what? how could we stop them? Like logistically, right? But if we go in saying, yes, we're, we're, we're trying to create a peaceful environment. Yes, we're just trying to civilly uh, disobey. Like in, in the... In the the spirit of Martin Luther King and the Malcolm X who did the same thing and achieved real change. I mean, I think, I think going in with that mindset is the best thing. Um, but, and yeah, civil disobedience, man. That's the move. In my view, yes. Yeah. But actually, actually saw something uh, on, its, on uh, Twitter about uh, like the targets being destroyed it kind of ties back into that whole thing. Like people like being like, Oh my God, they destroyed a target. Oh my God. They like, uh, a Walgreens caught on fire or something like, and this shows, uh, and this, it's, it's the headline of a Australian newspaper article that says rioters ruin their chances of working for $6 an hour with no health care by destroying target. Like, I mean, are they wrong though? Like, think about it's it's this joking, it's being satirical, but it's talking about the harsh reality of economic life in America too, and that's something a lot of people I'm seeing miss. They're saying this is a criminal justice issue. No, this is an an uh, there's a word for it, intersectional issue that's connected to like every other issue. Like economics is a, such a huge huge one. Uh, redlining really plays into that too. The housing market, real estate, 
like the fact that Winston-Salem has probably one of the longest histories of redlining, which is basically uh, real estate developers only sell, selling, uh, segregating uh, African-American, black and brown community into certain parts of the city and then not, and then the banks not giving uh, loans to anybody in those areas. They are redlined out of the economy. Oh, right. And that plays into, and the police know this, and they basically terrorize those communities. Like, East Winston is the, like, hallmark example. Highway 52, the dividing line, historically, has divided the poorer communities from the richer communities. And as a result, we have an economic situation where people cannot progress and not really get out of it. Um, can I talk about uh, the cycle of disadvantage? Um, I know a lot about the systematic like um, oppression that people of color face. Oh, yeah. Love to hear that. Okay. So, yeah, like like you were saying, like all of that stuff is 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 really important and we can't lose sight of the cause. Um, but they, they we are protesting and we are really trying to make a point about um, and spread awareness of systematic racism that we have faced for literally years, like since the beginning of the country, we've always been in a cycle of disadvantage. And, um, and this cycle has killed, incarcerated, impoverished count- countless people of color. And that goes for all people of color, um, whether you're or a, a lot of immigrants, whether you're um, Arab or you are from Mexico, any um, Latin America, just anywhere all people of color suffer because of this and we're put in our own communities um where we're there where the infrastructure is bad they don't do roads over there they they don't invest in our communities and um they like they don't invest in title one schools carver all the schools Mm -hmm. in that area there's never a cent that goes into those schools really like really that is extra that is above and beyond that is going to help these kids so number one they have poor education they don't have the best teachers and um and in cases they don't have teachers yeah that's Uh, true mm -hmm. and black people are less likely to go to college there and there's many first generation black people that are going to college now and it's 2020 and my parents college my parents went to college my parents parents went to college there's always an opportunity there's been an opportunity for a long time for people to do that but why are we just having just now so many first generation it's we're really far behind but um, and then black people receive lower grade health care. And that's just it, it was it's actually there's many studies done about how healthcare workers, a lot of them do have, especially centering in the South, do have a higher bias to people of color than people that are white. And then we also have um, black people make up 13 percent of the population, but they're 40 percent of the jail population. And with that, there's. They're more likely to get more time for the same crime as a white person. Um, we're, mo- we're more likely to be falsely accused. We're more likely to get die in a traffic stop. There's six times more white people than black people. Um, yet, yet we're we're here and and we have more white people, more black people getting arrested, more black people, quote unquote, committing crimes. Um, and then when it comes to that. Crime is heavy. A lot of people turn to, turn to crime in these project areas, and a lot of that has to do with the government not investing in those areas in general. Um, but basically, 
The American economy and legislature literally denies growth to people of color and keeps them in a never-ending cycle of poverty and disadvantage. And I've, I have experienced that. My father has been fired from jobs because of that, I'm pretty sure. I've seen um, just a lot of that in my community. I've seen a lot of that on TV. There's a lot of ways that you that just people have been fired because of the color of their skin. And there's culture that comes with that color. And that's facts. That's why I don't say I don't see color. That's why I don't like when people say I don't see color. But um, there's there's culture that comes with that. And people want to take that from us. And at the same time, they want to take our resources and our economical power. So I I think that is like really well said. Like yeah. that. Yeah, that was that was so good, dude. Like speak it, man. Um, and and you're 100 percent right. And that's why I like it is especially a stinging wound to not acknowledge George Floyd, to not acknowledge the people who have laid down their lives for this movement. Like the people who have been, who have been unjustly killed by police for nothing, like murdered. And it's people, I, I think there's really a problem in education in America that we don't talk about the Tulsa race riot. It's the 99th anniversary of that today. The Tulsa race riots were invoked on a lie spread by white people in a town that basically committed a, uh, like a genocide in that town. They killed like thousands of African-Americans in one of the most bustling areas of, uh, uh, like it was, okay, Tulsa, Oklahoma was basically the, the shining example of like Black Wall Street, where there were tons of African American owned businesses that were doing really well. But then uh, the government, uh, which was controlled by whites, like tore it all down, burned the place, killed everyone there. I mean, people don't know their history and they don't know how that plays into this. And I think people of Winston Salem. The people who listen to this podcast should probably read up on that stuff that they don't teach you in class. And it's a fair point to say um, that schools like Carver, uh, the elementary schools on the east, uh, east side of Winston, I mean, they are nowhere near as well-funded. Nowhere. There's a huge funding gap, and the, because of the way it's funded, if it school districts are funded based on who is living in your school district. Now that sounds like it makes sense, right? But think about it. African American uh, in Winston Salem, uh, people living outside of Career Center, for example, are typically those are low income areas. So if you take the money of people living living in that school district and you give it to the school, they're not gonna have the school's not gonna have much money. I mean, and then you go on the opposite side of the uh, spectrum, you go to places like Clemens, uh, Louisville. The schools, uh, school districts uh, that surround Reagan and West, they get so much money because there's a lot of rich suburbs there. They have so many more opportunities and it's played into the system and it exacerbates the economic inequality we see here. Uh, I think there's something to be said to that. And sorry. Small rant, but yeah. No, oh, no. that's that's You're very fine. true. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like a perfect example, like before last week, 
I wasn't aware of like how awful America was in like South America and how we have a hand in every single pro like country down there, like in their government. Like I didn't know about that because they don't teach it in school. And I think that really might just be the first step of all like changes, education. Because like, how are you expected to want change if you don't know what's wrong? You know? Yeah. It's awful. It is awful that's going on around here and it's so sad that people don't know about like these like the Tulsa race right like what you were just explaining like it I didn't learn about that in class yeah and I can't tell you that I really I've heard it I've heard that like word thrown around but like I can't tell you that I knew what it was like that is horrible and like it's it just sucks it, it sucks and we need to change in mm -hmm. so many aspects in our society. Right. That's definitely true. Um, yeah. But, like, something that's kind of coming back to me is, uh, I guess, I haven't actually told Lydia about this, but about a year ago, in April of last year, uh, I and a couple of friends of mine, we organized a town hall that looked at poverty in Winston-Salem, the root causes of it, and we proposed a few solutions and we worked on that. And one of our solutions, one of the things we proposed in that town hall was giving everybody a free community college opportunity, right? Uh, and like, and come, come from it, like it was very broad, but within a year, within what, six months? I think it was November of that same year, or wow, it was not that long ago. Um, uh, the Winston-Salem City Council passed legislation, or uh, the county passed legislation, uh, giving uh, everybody the opportunity to go to Forsyth Tech for free if they make below a certain amount of money. Like, that's fantastic. Like, we're, we're moving in the right direction uh, in certain aspects, but we're still lagging so far behind in others, and all it takes is for people to stand up and people to say something about it. Because that town hall got a lot of attention. We were on WXII. We were on uh, the front page of the Winston-Salem Journal. I mean, we got the word out there. Uh, and things happened because of it. And that's, that's something that inspires me about this movement. Because this is probably the biggest thing that ever happened in American politics. I mean, okay, well, never mind. I, I, that, it, it's so hard because it's all so muddled in the last four years. But... Um, this, this movement, this, this uprising of people demanding change on all sides, on all, not all sides, on all issues, like climate, criminal justice, economics, I mean, political change, like political reform, democracy reform, we're seeing it everywhere. And that's, that's what inspires me about what, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Massive props to you and that town hall. That sounds amazing. Um, that wow. Um, I just think that is some. That's something. What I think. What you're saying about um, how we just need to do more of that. And I think that's why. Um, one of the reasons that I want to utilize the platform that Winston for Peace has and the potential that it has, because I've gotten so many messages, so many different, um, um, 
just people reaching out to me saying, hey, this is something that people are going to pay attention to. Um, across the triad, really, I've gotten more than just followers from Winston-Salem, High Point, Greensboro, Raleigh, and just people everywhere. And I just think at this point, um, there's definitely a lot we can do with it. And there's not, nothing set in stone yet. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm working on right now is getting this website done um, and just having a place where we can um, share and have a thing. Because I was going to create it myself. And I've created a lot of websites. And I realized... Um, I, this has got to be bigger than me, so I got I and I can't. I got to create. I've got to use somebody bigger than me to create something bigger than me. Um, so I just want to. Kind of historic, like it's kind of interesting. Like I mean, before all of this, all the previous protests that I've been to, like Four People's Campaign, marching with the teachers, uh, last two years, like those really, I never had a sense of like this is where we are in history, but like. With this movement, with all of these protests that we're planning on doing that we've been to, and everybody in open arms, like all over blanketing social media with uh, solidarity for George Floyd, it's kind of historic in its way. And it makes me feel strange that, like, we're kind of all a part of history here in the making. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sure. And this is it, stuff to tell your grandbabies about. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it makes... And it makes, um, oh God, I lost my train of thought because you talked to say grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, no, okay, yeah, I, I found my train. Um, but uh, it makes me so happy, again, to see so many people standing up for justice finally. Like, like I would always speak out after everything that I thought was like major uh like for example finding out that like uh the money that was supposed to be given to small businesses uh, as part of the coronavirus relief package really four trillion dollars went to massive corporations and that really did not help out american workers and that american workers only got a twelve hundred dollar check that most of them probably didn't actually get because it was so hard to it was so hard to get right but here we are we're all standing up to fight everybody Everybody's an open arm, uh, up in arms about what's going on here, and everybody has a spotlight on the criminal justice issue. And we have an opportunity here to make real change, and that's what I'm very excited about for Winston Salem for Peace. That's what I'm very excited about uh, working with you. Uh, and yeah, it's all about spreading the word. That's great. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Addison, do you wanna? Do you wanna? send us out here um farewell everyone that was fun thank you to our guest our celebrity (laughs) mapping if you can't hear but um yeah that that was fun that was fun thank you so much for coming on and spreading your truth Mm -hmm. yeah all right all right let's go ahead and (laughs) cool 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 that was fun that was really good